0: Touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one.
1: So, you know, it's with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs uh, on a fourth and one after dark, Nick. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the price you pay when the Chiefs play in prime time. But uh, look, man, I, it wasn't a great game for like three quarters?
0: After dark. What are you talking about, man? I'm normally I'm normally up for at least another hour watching
1: coaches film, this is normal for me. I'm just saying, you know, it's like almost two in the morning as we sit here recording this thing, and you know, like I said, I it, the Chiefs just, I mean, they they like they had seven points in the first half, that, you know, they're down 17-7 after the opening drive of the the second half, and um, they they looked lifeless. I, and I'm telling you, I mean, everybody's going to focus on the Jalen Watson uh, pick six as they should, but. the the decision to overturn that interception I thought was the real turning point in the game, because if if the chargers get the ball back there um, in plus territory and are able to even put a field goal on the board, I I think the chiefs are uh, in a bit of trouble and instead um, you know, Kansas city took advantage uh, of that situation, went down, got the touchdown, made a game of it. um, and, And then T- tell me if I'm wrong. This feels like the kind of game they absolutely would have lost last year. So what did, you, what did we learn about the Chiefs in this Thursday night game against the Chargers?
0: Um, the, the biggest part is with as many new faces as they brought in from rookies and free agents and all of those guys, this was their first collective experience together, understanding what the guys that have been on this roster go through on a weekly basis. You know the stuff with the Cardinals came really easy for them, and you know it it didn't take the same amount of focus, the same amount of physical and mental toughness to get through in the way that this did. So I think that this game, whether they won or lost, was going to be really big for all those guys to understand what Patrick means, what Coach Andy Reid means, what Steve Spagnuolo means. What Van Nagy means, what Airbnb means, what Tobe means. And you just go on and on. When those coaches talk about how you have to earn every inch, the Chargers made the Chiefs earn every inch. So a lot of these guys, they understood what it means to have the target on your back and what it means to be a Chief and in this type of culture that the Chiefs have been able to build here. And Andy Reid's been able to build here. Is this is the sixth time in 10 years that Andy Reid has started the season 2 0? Oh. You know, I mean, like that's, and that's big for playoff implications. Most teams that do that normally make the playoffs. So, you know, it's just these little, these little checkpoints along the way. But for these guys, I think this is their first real taste of understanding when they preach the stuff that they have, this is what Patrick and every single
1: one of those people I named meant by that. I think the other thing I learned is if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, even if they play a very imperfect game, um they're just going to be hard to beat um and some of that's patrick mahomes i still i'm not entirely sure what to make of this defense it was funny we were talking about it as we waited to go into the locker room i seem to remember willie gay whiffing on a lot of tackles and you look up at the end of the day he he leads the you know he has a game high 11 tackles and you know nick bolton missed a big tackle in a hole at one point still had 10 tackles i mean the speed was evident you know they still made enough plays when they needed to on defense none bigger than jalen watson and, and but like I said, I, this felt like the kind of game where they would have found a way to lose it in your, you know, last year, certainly early in the season. Um, and instead, they found a way to flip it on its head. And, and by the end, um, it, it was a pretty comfortable. One. I know the Chargers scored with a minute 11 left. And I know they almost, you know, botched the onside kick recovery and could have made things really interesting there. Uh, but once they got up 10, it, it didn't feel like the Chiefs were going to blow this one. And I think it's important because, you know, after the way last season ended with the AFC championship game, I think for the chiefs to come out and, and not play their best and to kind of fumble fart around through the entire first quarter or the first half, really the first three quarters and still find a way to come out on top against a quality opponent that that is going to be in the playoff hunt, you know, potentially in the conversation for the, to, to win the AFC when it's all said and done. Um, for them to go out and prove that they don't have to play their best to win and they don't have to be perfect is, is key the other thing was Justin Reed talked about it in the post game locker room he said he said the biggest thing was like nobody was getting on each other right like nobody was I think he said like like stepping on you know each other's tails or anything like that like nobody was trying to like point fingers to point blame you know they just kept kept chopping wood, you know, and, and you, I think you saw it. I mean, uh, you know, Jalen Watson gets beat for a touchdown early in the third quarter and then late in the game, you know, they're playing cover zero and, and Gerald Everett comes out, you know, in the flats and then turns it up and tries to settle into his zone at the goal line. You know, Reed's got him, you know, bracketed underneath and Watson had the the confidence and the understanding of the system to, to jump that route and take it 99 yards. And, at that point, it was kind of game set match. I'm not sure that this team did would have been capable of doing that last year.
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think they just they they needed a refresher on the roster of young, hungry people that just need proper mentorship, and they've been able to get that done. And so that's they've got they've got some veteran free agents that some some are used to winning, some are not, and then you've got a lot of rookies that are really being able to build off this and like the Jalen Watsons of the world and the Leo Chanel's and George Carl and and Ryan cooks. And they're going to take, this game is going to do so much for every single one of them and understanding not only that, but even able to do it on four days after the Arizona game and with minimal preparation and and that type of stuff as well. That was, um, that was, that was impressive performance with where the roster is at. In my opinion.
1: If I told you that, Justin Herbert's going to throw for 334 Um, and Patrick Mahomes is only going to throw for 235. Do you think the chiefs win that one? Todd, I, I'm not really big on stats and numbers, okay, but if I told you Justin Herbert threw for hundred more yards than Pat, would you expect the chiefs to win that one? Wouldn't matter to me. Like at the
0: end of the day, I mean, the chiefs, just, they figure out ways to win. Like this is, this is what they do. So, I mean, you know there could have been 200 yards of rushing in that game or something like the chiefs are willing to be chameleons and evolve into whatever they need to to win football games and they're okay with that now so i mean the stats to me they're that's fine but it it at the end of the day this is a team that's learning for some guys what it means to truly say that you it, you know it's a win is a win doesn't matter how you
1: get it how impressed were you with Jalen Watson? Because Trent McDuffie goes out with the hamstring injury. He goes on IR. You know, he, he went into the Arizona game. So, you know, he'd seen some action, you know, in the second half of that one. And that was probably a comfortable situation, right? Because the Chiefs are up big by the time he's got to come in and play. But now you're playing on, you know, on short rest against a division opponent. Your first game in Arrowhead. Your first primetime game as an NFL player, you know, three years ago. This guy had not been able to get into USC out of community college, and he was working alongside his mom at, at a Wendy's in Georgia, and then he, you know, eventually he, he got to Washington State, ends up being a seventh-round pick from the Chiefs, struggled early in training camp, but, you know, kind of kept battling and kept fighting. Now he's starting against Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, and he got beat up a little bit. He, he gave up three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown in the first you know, half plus a drive. Um wh- I mean, how impressed are you with the resolve he showed to then make such a game-changing play late?
0: When Dave Merritt's involved in the coaching, I'm never surprised. He just needs the guys to be athletes or to be technically sound individuals. That's how good of a secondary coach Dave Merritt is, and that's why he, that guy has been able to turn, although it didn't show it tonight, he's been able to turn Rashad Fenton into... <laughs> A solid corner, Sneed into a good corner. McDuffie will be on his way at some point. Joshua Williams will get there. Like I just don't worry about the Chiefs secondary personally. Like they like I said, yeah, they may have some growing pains. They may have some stuff, you know, some you know, some messes that they give up, but I know where that where that core is headed long term, and I'm really excited about what they can be athletically and where they can go long term. So I'm not Look, Jalen Watson coming out, he was always athletic coming out. Like, that was the big thing for him. It was just, would he be able to get the playbook down and be able to fit in the scheme in a role and having Dave Merritt and Steve Spagnuolo kind of help him. That's why when people kept asking me, to, are you worried about Trent McDuffie? I'm like, Dave Merritt's the coach, man. He just needs athletes that'll do what he teaches them to. And if he does that, they'll, they'll all do well in the system.
1: Yeah, it was... uh It was funny because another thing that came up in the press box at one point, like, you know, third quarter, maybe early fourth, Juan Thornhill was involved in a play and somebody was like, oh, that's the first time I've heard Juan Thornhill's name. And I was like, it's not a bad thing if your safeties aren't having to make a bunch of tackles, right? Like that means the other team isn't getting 15 yards downfield. There aren't a lot of big plays if your safeties aren't involved very often because it means guys aren't getting past the first two levels of the defense. So I think it's wonderful if if Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed only have to make four tackles a game, man. I think that means that the defense is doing what it's supposed to. It's using its speed to keep the plays in front of them and make other teams earn it. Like you talked about the, the Chargers made the Chiefs earn every inch. Maybe that's the identity of this defense, is that they're finally a defense that is going to make the other team earn it. They're not going to give up, you know, some of those, chunk plays and give up as much, you know, free. I mean, look, they're, they're far from a finished product. They're far from perfect. Obviously, they gave up some big, you know, Mike Williams roasted them for 113 yards in the first half plus, you know, plus score. I think at one point after that first drive of the second half, um, the Chiefs had 119 total yards. Mike Williams had 113 receiving yards by himself. They start rolling coverage to him, basically said, Hey, we're going to make somebody else beat us and, and nobody else could for the chargers. I want to ask to, um, who, who, you know who I mean? was that receiver again? Uh Mike Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, he pretty good. No, I know he was on your wish list, right? <laughs> he
0: wasn't on my wish list. He was on my crush list. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, and look, look. Keenan Allen wasn't there. I mean, that makes a big difference. I think the game's obviously different. If don't Keenan you ever Allen's
0: downgrade there. Mike Williams like that? Mike Williams is a
1: saint. But look, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm impressed. You know, with the the adjustments the Chiefs made in the second half. And do we take Patrick Mahomes for granted, man? I don't like I went back and watched. I mean, first of all, the play he made for the first touchdown, like he's just, he's the only quarterback who can do that. I mean, he, he escapes pressure, you know, gives a little pump fake. You know, he okey dokes drew tranquil to step out of a tackle. He pump fakes again to get the, you know, an oncoming defensive lineman's hands up, and then like throws this ridiculous sidearm, like it, like he's Derek Jeter popping one from the hole back in the late nineties for the Yankees between a couple guys to Jarek McKinnon, uh, and then, I mean, the the touchdown pass to to Justin Watson, uh, which but we got to talk about that one too. But just a little flick of the wrist, uh, you know, perfectly weighted to to. Just beat JC Jackson, who did a great job trying to recover. I mean, like Mahomes didn't have a great game, right? I mean, 24 of 35, 235, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Statistically, this was not like the game last week at Arizona. But Mahomes was pretty darn, you know, he he just he he's it seems like he makes these plays, and, and we almost it's it's like, yeah, that's just what Mahomes does week in and week out, man.
0: Look, I mean, when he really turned it on and when he really went into what I like to call Mahomes mode, as throws would have called it over, you know, the John Wick mode. Um, yeah. Um, is whenever he gets a break. So, like, whenever that interception got overturned, like, he, he turned it on at that point. And, like, he just went in for, like, dagger mode at that point. And then that's who Mahomes became. So like he just needs that spark in that moment, and once those, once that spark in that moment or a glimmer of hope happens again, like, like that dude just destroys that door, and like he just he just takes over at that point. And that's what he did. And once that happened, the defense finally got back into. It just gave that defense a spark, and they fed off that. So. I mean, it was, and I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about Mahomes throw to Watson. Like that's when the defense clicked and turned it on to a new level, kind of wiped away everything that they thought about beforehand. And then and the defense cranked it up and, and played more so up to the capability of who they, who I believe they are. And even more so who I think they will become. Well, I, I don't think this defense has scratched the surface of who they're going to be um, by the time, End of the year comes like there, there's so much promise on the Chiefs defense. You just need the speed and athletic ability and the aggressiveness. Once they get the experience for a lot of those guys, like this defense is going to be really, really fun to watch for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I was talking to Justin Watson in the post game locker room about the touchdown, and he had a great story about how two years ago in October, the Chargers are playing the Buccaneers. And every time he'd run an out route, the Chargers were just sitting on it, sitting on it, sitting on it. And he wanted them to run a double move and they never got to it. And, and then late in the first quarter, he runs an out route. The Chargers jump it, take it 78 yards the other way for a pick six. And he told Joe Blaymire about that this week. And he, he said, hey, if we run this, you know, run this route combination, he said, I want to take it up and out. So the Chiefs put it into the game plan with out and ups on both sides of the formation um and and justin watson was talking about he's he's like for two years man i've been waiting for it so it's third and 10 at the 41 he runs he, he said he said i knew how to win that route because i knew when i walked out and McCole hardman had gotten hurt which is why watson was on the field he said but i knew exactly how to run that route so when i heard it was called he's like i he, he runs to the sticks. JC Jackson jumps it, trying to, trying to beat him at the sticks, thinking they're going to, you know, that they're going to try to get that first down. He takes it up. JC Jackson's a great corner. He almost recovered, but Justin Watson said he knew it. He said, the only question was, he said, since we were running the same route on both sides, which way was Pat going, right? And so uh, he said, he just lit up, you know, it was a great feeling when, when he saw that ball coming. And he said, look, it's a game of inches because JC Jackson, did such a great job getting back to make a play on the ball. But when you win that game of inches, man, it's a good feeling. And like you said, that that was another big moment in the game. Uh, the Chiefs got a little lucky, I thought, on the review.
0: Uh, no, I thought I it could have s- gone either way. But I will say on that play, the thing that made it happen was McKinney and pass pro. was about a trickle on the blitz right there. And he really fought him off. So Pat felt comfortable enough to step up and laser that downfield. And that was the final thing that kind of set that – because if that doesn't happen, Pat never gets to throw that.
1: McKinnon's so underrated. You you had that in your eye in the sky from the Arizona game, too. Like, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was coming as a free blitzer, and McKinnon de him before they could get to Pat. Like, Yeah, it was a tough uh, break. They might need to put him at right tackle or maybe even left tackle at some point this season. <laughs> I kid, but, I mean, obviously that was a problem against Macambosa and Bosa today. That's
0: what happens. When you played Joey Bosa and Leo Mack. That's why we dedicated so much time to it. That's why I wrote so much in the article. Those guys are a good tandem together. And long term, that's what the Chiefs honestly need to be figuring out what what they can pair with Car Loftus on the opposite side. Long term, to get that because <clears throat> I'm a spoiler alert, it's not on the roster right now. Right. But right. long term, they got to find somebody to pair with Car Loftus, and they got to find somebody else to help Chris Jones get enough one-on-ones to really be able to make some damage i mean the chiefs defensive line in my opinion is only halfway to where they need to be long term in steve Spino's scheme and how much it emphasizes the front four to work
1: yeah jones was i thought jones as the game went along was fantastic though i mean he had a couple sacks he he affected the game a, a couple other times um yeah, you know, it was vintage Chris Jones. I thought tonight, like, I mean, he would he was, you know, he's a guy who puts his heart and soul out there. Um, you know, we, I don't know if you saw the Oklahoma Joe, well, I know you saw it cause you were, you were sharing it and retweeting it, but, but, you know, Chris Jones, you know, going into Oklahoma Joe's and, and getting recognized and sitting down talking with the family. Um, you know, he's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve and, and wants to win and, and when he's right, he's good. He, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league and he was right tonight when the chiefs needed him to be.
0: Well, and, and by right, I think what you mean is probably healthy. When yeah, Chris absolutely. is healthy yeah. when Chris yeah. is healthy, he's one of the two best in the game. and Kansas City was the perfect spot for him with his personality and from his small town that he was from. Like it's just it's such a good match for both sides. Uh, I mean financially, they'll have to figure something out next year but they really got to get him on one tech that can really help him long-term and another end as well to really kind of help him really shine to where he may end up becoming, you know, number one overall. He just – he he has to do so much on his own inside there that, like, he – that's why he doesn't get the due that he deserves and the respect that he deserves. Because, I mean, at least mm-hmm. Donald occasionally has had some rushers on each side of him that can kind of help alleviate some of that. Doesn't mean Aaron Donald's still not the best in the league just because oh, – yeah. yeah. Of, of what it all encompasses but i mean jones you know jo- the, the chiefs go on the, the chiefs defense goes as george carlathis and chris jones do
1: yeah hey, look I, and again I, I mean people we talk about with the offense like um it, you know it's going to be the the sum is going to be greater than the parts this year a little bit, right? Like you don't just lean on Travis Kelsey. You don't just lean on Tyreek Hill the way you did in years past. Like Kelsey had five catches, for 51 yards today. Watson had two for 50, you know, McCole Hardman had three for 49 Clyde Edwards, Solaire had four for 44. Nobody else is really a factor, um, you know, in, in the, the passing game. You know, they didn't have a lot of passing yards tonight. I think that the same can be said of the defense though. Like, um, you know, I mean, it, it's luxurious Sneed. it's, you know, Fenton, you know, like you said, he struggled at times, but still ended up with six tackles. Um, still made some plays. Willie gay, Nick Bolton are great. Again. I think the sum of the defense at the end of the day is going to need to be, uh, or, or uh, you know, greater than maybe the parts.
0: Well, and, and what I'll say in Fenton's defense, like that was an unfair matchup for him. against it's Mike Williams. Like that, that's the size difference that was going to be too much for him to overcome on his own like they they needed to give him a different matchup like that's where you that's why you have Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams those are who are supposed to go against those guys just like when they play the Bengals down the road those are the guys they're supposed to go against the 6364 receivers so that you know that's that's one of those things where I mean I I understand Fenton's gonna get a lot of criticism but he, he was put in such a tough spot with that size advantage
1: well, and really, I mean, Fenton's a guy who I think is playing a little bit out of position. I mean, I think I think he's like Legereus Sneed. I think his best position is in the slot. I think Fenton is marginally better than Sneed outside, or maybe Sneed's marginally better in the slot and as a, as a blitzer in the way that Spagnola wants to use him. But regardless, you can't play both guys inside, so one of them has to bounce outside. That, that duty falls to Fenton. I did think that Joshua Williams might see the field more today because I, I thought the Chiefs might try a little bit more press coverage, um, especially with Keenan Allen out. And I thought that that might be in Josh Williams' wheelhouse. Um, you know, obviously that that wasn't the case. And and look, but Jalen Watson continues to surprise, continues to rise to the occasion. Um, who, who in your mind needs to continue to step up, though, on the offense um, so that maybe – you don't have a half like they did, you know, this first half. I mean, it, what's the solution there uh, to make sure that, you know, they can get things unlocked and going again? I thought Andy was a, his scripted plays those first couple of drives, I thought were a little conservative.
0: For the most part, the offensive tackles, like they're not going to go against that rush every week, but like right. they're going to have to rise to the occasion. And if Orlando Brown wants to prove that he deserves to get paid, but he wants to get paid you know, they're going to have to have, you know, some, some dominance in some of those moments. Um I, I, the chargers, I think the chiefs were surprised by the chargers amount of blitzing that they wanted to do. And I think that caught them off guard a little bit and they were going hard after the right side with Trey, uh, with Trey Smith's ankle injury. And, and with Wiley, they really went after them. And that made Mahomes uncomfortable for a while. And he wouldn't, he wasn't about that. So I, I think that's a for good piece, reason. <laughs> I think that's a piece of the puzzle. And the running back situation, when it's not Jarek McKinnon, they're really Clyde's going to have to step up. We'll see if they activate Ronald Jones, see if they activate Danny Shelton at some point. I, I was really hoping they do both because I think they could have been a big advantage for the Chiefs tonight, but it didn't end up working out that way.
1: Yeah, and look, Clyde had 74 yards rushing, but 52 of it came on one play, right? Like, he had seven carries for 22 the rest of the time. Um, so I still think there's work to do. Uh, you know, to get that run game untracked. Um, but look, the Chiefs are 2-0. and Every other team in the division already has one loss. So the Chiefs are already in control of the AFC West, which is a great thing to have and to be able to say two weeks into the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did it on a short week. They're able to get it done. Then they get to go face the Colts team and get a necessary amount of rest that they need to go face the Colts team, figure out a way to get to 3-0 and and then uh, go face Tommy down
1: in Tampa big birthday coming up on saturday how will you celebrate jalen watson's birthday uh by it's a, working oh, it's, it's also work. patrick it's also patrick mahomes birthday um, i'll celebrate it by working you're, you're not going to get a cupcake put a candle in it blow it out no all right well thanks a lot debbie downer shouldn't ask such a such a question like that there dad uh, pat, pat was joking about how he told uh he told jalen watson that after the the pick six um The birthday party he's having on saturday is now for jalen watson and not him so i didn't get invited though and it sounds like he'll be working so
0: yeah i'm I'm sorry todd the 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 disappointment you faced in your life
1: i'm so terribly sorry about Um, i hope you can um, overcome them we'll see i'm sorry too nick um and on that sad note take care kids